Hello, welcome back to A Life's Journal podcast. You are listening to Monique Mesquita. And again, here we are at that time of the year that so many of us start planning a fitness routine, planning to get newer and healthier habits. In today's episode, I will share my own experience with fitness, what I learned from that, and I will share friends' type of advice on how to set up yourself for success if you are adding fitness in your next year goals. The other day, I was talking with a new friend of mine about uh, routines we had in our childhood, and she was expecting that I was going to say that I was involved in sports as a child and got shocked to learn that uh, books were actually my best friends and that I just got into sports around eight years ago, a bit over that. So, so yeah, I think that she really thought I was born with dumbbells in my hands. I wish it was true. Um, so, yeah, so I think that I have a very deep experience within fitness, and I think that many people can learn from what I did well and, and from what went wrong. Um, so, I, so I'm planning to, so, yeah, so today's uh, episode is about the my story, and um, and I hope that you can learn something from this. Uh, I wish that I would have listened to some similar experience from someone else when I started my own journey, uh, because perhaps I would have identified some mistakes or some things that were going really wrong in a much earlier stage. So, yes, around um, eight years ago, I was very sedentary and I was quite overweight and I was just feeling discontent that I wasn't doing anything about it and uh, this really started to bother me. I think that many people can relate to that um, at some point of their life. Um, Besides, uh, back then I also had a partner who was very sportish and even though he never said anything, gladly, I started to put pressure on myself that it was just unfair to be sedentary when my environment was actually motivating to the other side of it. Um, And at work with my colleagues in the office, we were three, that we were always saying that we would start moving our arses, (laughs) but we would take no actions in these regards. Until one of them started to simply walk to his home after work. So instead of taking public transportation, he would uh, make a 40, 45 minutes walk. And this was his daily exercise. And um, he was coming uh, the next day very proud of it. Um, so I was like, you know what? This is not that hard. So I'll start, uh, I'll start joining his walk as well. So this is how it started. So I started on doing those daily walks with my colleague. And um, the same as he was um, feeling, uh, I was feeling proud as well. Eventually, it was nice, but it wasn't enough because, yeah, I felt that I had to do more than walking to get somewhere. Um, I needed to feel some sort of sweat to, you know, just to make it count. Um, And I didn't know well where to start. So I just searched online about aerobic classes near the office and I finally found a small boutique 
which I joined a few times for their aerobic and step classes. And it was fun. Uh, I was, again, very proud of my, myself for making those small steps. But I didn't really feel like doing it consistently. So eventually I stopped doing. And I stopped even doing the walks as well. So I felt, felt lost again in what to do. Uh, how to keep that initial motivation ongoing. And back then I was living in Hungary and I didn't speak the language, so I felt a bit limited in what to do. So I had this other colleague uh, who invited us to attend this nice gym, which, yeah, this nice gym in the city uh, for a spinning class. I never, I've never done a spinning class till then. And, and so I did it. So on our way to the spinning class, um, Yeah, I have my, <laughs> I'm getting distracted here with my computer. Um, yeah, so my, on my way to the spinning room, uh, there was this other room with a bunch of women jumping and these weird uh, roller boots without rollers, but in springs instead. And the music was electronic and it was very loud. And the instructor was so energetic. I loved that uh I simply loved what I was seeing there, and I wanted to do that. I wanted to try it out. So after our spinning class, which, by the way, I also loved, um, the three of us already booked our next class, um, those with the boots, to try it out. So this was actually Kangoo Jumps. Um, and yeah, and among the three of us, uh, when we went to this class, I was the one suffering the most. That class was so hard. And those boots were creating blisters on my feet. But the way I was feeling about all that loud EDM music, the crazy instructor, highly energetic, and uh, just the fact that those boots made me look so cool, <laughs> I was sold. And I found my sport. And I was so happy. And yeah, so every then I started, I added this to my, to my, to my weekly agenda to attend those classes. And the next day, I would go to the office in slippers because of the blisters in my feet. So it was a very painful class, but I was so happy. So I finally made a gym membership. And that gym was, ama was amazing for me. It offered varied classes, and I would go to them, to them all and uh, religiously do the Kangoo Jumps classes, even though it was hurting me. Um, at this point, I started cleaning my diet as well. Um, and again, I didn't know how to start. I knew that salads were supposedly healthy and uh, had low calories, even though I didn't know what calories were. Smoothies were too uh, quite healthy. And rice cakes, that was something relatively new for me, uh, but seemed fit enough. So I started losing weight quite fast. I was working out around four or five times a week after work. And I was loving every single bit of it. But then something was feeling off. Like I lost the weight, but still I was missing the definition. I was just feeling like I'm a smaller version of myself. And I started to want to have those muscles that I was seeing, the fit girls on Instagram and in the gym, uh, in some occasions, very some occasions. Um, but on Instagram, I was more and more following popular fitness accounts and health coaches, and I wanted to have one to, like, yeah, 
I wanted to have one. And um, but I remember that they were so expensive and I was following mostly American accounts. So, of course, their price would be in dollars and I was living in Hungary. Um, but believe it like or not, um, there was this fitness account that I was following. Um, it was a bodybuilder from Brazil. And she was coming to Hungary to compete in one of the one of those uh, fitness championships, and actually the biggest one, IFBB. And then she made a, a post on Facebook about it, and I just uh, made a comment, uh, wishing her good luck, and I said something like, "Enjoy this beautiful city," something that made her realize that I was actually living in Hungary. So just after that, she contacted me. Um, and yeah, then we had a, uh, some few talks and we organized to meet each other uh, in Budapest. And then she came to my gym to have a workout session together. I was feeling so cool. <laughs> um, and yes, then um, she shared a lot about her story, which was quite similar to the moment that I was. For example, she was also feeling very sedentary, she was um, a bit overweight, and then she was running a lot, but then she hurt herself, so she started doing weightlifting and so on. So like, okay, this is something that I can connect with. So I really, I really liked the um, everything that I was seeing, and I was like, okay, I want to be, um, I, I want to to be cultured. I want to have those muscles and so on. And then eventually she invited me to uh, join her team, and. Um, and so I would have the personal training and fitness nutrition coaching by her. Um, it, I was so amazed. I was really happy. And, and yeah, so all of a sudden, um, after a few sessions of, uh, of discussion, I had already uh, in my fridge around four kilos of chicken breast, around six eggs, a bunch of sweet potato and broccoli. Um, and this was only for a week, huh? So I already built an, um, a routine that every week, Wednesday, Sundays would be meal prep day. And then I added six times per week weightlifting sessions in my workout routine. But remember that I also loved the aerobic classes that I was doing. So I wasn't going to give up on that. So um, I also squeezed them in my weekly basis. So I was having around 10, sometimes even 12 workouts in my agenda per week. And I was feeling so productive. I was really committed to myself. I was so obsessed. Um, but I was really, really enjoying it. Uh, and it was just nice. Like I was feeling like a part of a community, you know, like uh, yeah, the fitness community. I was feeling part of it. And um, I started to participate in many fitness festivals as well, my own. Um, eventually, I even went to Poland to again to um, go with my coach for the fitness championship of IFF of um, IFBB. Um, and I met so many other bodybuilders. So all the environment was really motivating, and yeah, it was incredible. I was really enjoying that. Um, but then something started to change as well. Like besides all the, all the fun stuff, all the community minded things that I was leaving, um, 
my personality started to change as well. So, and of course, my actions. So, I, I started to avoid going out at night because, yeah, I had to prioritize my sleep to train better. I started to avoid eating out because I didn't want to eat out of my diet plan. I stopped drinking alcohol completely, though I don't think this is a bad thing. Um, I would avoid going to restaurants um, unless I would eat even before. So I would get only, I don't know, Caesar salad without dressing and so on. Um, and I started to simply skip events with my friends and so on. Um, and of course, eventually... My friends also started to notice, they started making comments, but in my head it's just, well, we are living very different lifestyles, so it's normal that you don't understand, uh, and it's normal that you have different opinions of mine. So simply I started to get more distance um, of them, because they couldn't understand me, and I didn't want to understand them, so... This is something that was happening, but I wasn't really feeling it in that way. Anyways, um, so several months passed, I believe even more on year. Um, then I had uh, I booked this trip. I was going to Asia, and um, and yeah, so this was going in this trip. It was going to be the first time in more than a year that I would uh, that I would be eating without a diet plan, and that I didn't have a workout plan uh, for those days. Um, so I was a bit uh, I was a bit stressed, I was a bit anxious um, about it because I didn't know how things would go uh, or what would be the consequence when I would be back. So but at the same time I also wanted to really explore and just uh, enjoy my holidays, right? So on the flight, I remember that I, that I brought with me a bunch of protein bars and boiled chicken breast. Um, and in my first days of vacation, I would eat based on my diet. Like, not my diet, but I would pick um, food that would have those ingredients and so on. And as well, I brought with me elastic bands to train uh, in, in the locations that I would be. Um, some places I could actually go to the gym. So this all was happening in the first week. But then, then yeah, after a while, I, was, I simply let it go and I started to enjoy the holidays without worrying about that. And I, I knew that I would be back to my routine in less than a month. So I would be just fine. So that was good. But then as I returned to Hungary, it felt so hard to return to my diet plan. The workouts were super okay, were super easy. But the thought of eating chicken breast again would really make me sick. And I was really criticizing myself for not being disciplined enough. And besides that, I started then to notice that my cravings for sugar really increased very much. And I wasn't really being able to control it. So... What was happening is that I was really feeling embarrassed uh, that what others would uh, say if they would see me buying all those uh, sugar and stuff. So in my head I was like, come on, I'm inspiring others to get fit. So how can I do that? You know, so they they will think that I'm a failure, that uh, I'm actually 
not um, living the life that I preach. So I was really putting this pressure in my head. So I would buy all those sugars and I would start eating them hidden, like on the street or at home, but really rarely in front of others. And there was this day that I got really scared of myself. So I had uh, my cravings at work on a late shift that I was having and um, I had a chocolate bar. So far, it's okay. But as I left work, I felt like uh, having another chocolate. So I bought it, planning to eat it at home. But my craving was so desperate, I really couldn't control it. So I had the chocolate bar on my way home. And I was, and as I was near home, the craving was back. And I was really, like, lost. Like, what the heck is going on, you know? Like, but, I, yeah, I couldn't control it. And I bought another three chocolate bars. And at home, I had them all. I couldn't feel the flavor of any of them. My mouth was really hurting. My body didn't want any more chocolate, but my craving didn't really didn't allow me to stop. And this never happened before, so I was really scared and I was really like I was just crying because I felt really powerless over over myself. Um and I was just thinking about all those calories that I that I was getting, uh, the, how much weight I would gain after that, um, how much workout I would have to do to compensate the disaster. Um, and for the first time ever, I had this thought that really paralyzed me. I wanted to force purging to avoid getting those calories in. But gladly, I was aware about what bulimia was and how it goes. So I was at that moment uh, very strong, actually, um, to not follow through with my thoughts. So, yeah, I was simply afraid that if I would uh, do that for one time and learn how to force purging, I would then most probably create a vicious circle of binging and purging. So I just sat on the floor of my living room and I really cried uh, until I fell asleep there. And I... It was a very dark evening for me. The next day, I had a trip booked to London. And I was, of course, scared of, of myself, of how my eating habits would go there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I ended up eating healthy, light meals uh, for the main ones. But I would be stopping in each opportunity to buy a chocolate bar. And I would be, again, feeling very disappointed with myself. I was really not understanding what was going on. I knew that something was wrong and had to be done, but I was spending more energy on blaming myself for my lack of discipline. And eventually at the airport, um, I, I remember I was like, I, I need to learn what's going on. Perhaps it's some, something related to my nutrition, right? So let me learn about that. <laughs> so I stopped at a bookstore and... Um, and then I got this book. It was called Good Sugar, Bad Sugar. It's by Alan Carr. Um, and yeah, I thought that this was about nutrition and turned to be a self-help book to cut addictions. Actually, this author, uh, he's very famous about uh, his achievements in helping people to stop smoking. And I remember that in three days, I read that book 
and I completely stopped eating sugar. It was like magic. I had no desires at all. And uh, for the first time in more than a year and a half, it was a really long time, I was dieting again and without cravings. I was eating everything that it was in my diet plan only. Every single gram of it. Um, And I wasn't craving anything. So it was like, wow. (laughs) You know, I was so relieved. I was so happy. I I was in peace after so many weeks having this binging and uh, constant worry and thinking about food. So I was in a very good place at that moment. And I was really enjoying my fitness uh, lifestyle again. It was bliss. But then, six months later, I moved to Miami. And, um, yeah, it was a very hectic moving. Um, And I knew that uh, I wouldn't have a a routine again for at least a couple of months. So I decided to stop the coaching program. And... um, I would start doing it on my own. At that point, I was already studying uh, to become a fitness nutrition specialist and personal trainer, so I knew I would be able to help myself. So again, as I stopped the coaching program and I was following a a diet plan, um, I had one chocolate one day. Uh, I remember that it was a very American brand that I wouldn't uh, find it easily in Europe. So I wanted just to try out of curiosity and I wasn't afraid of that anymore after so many months just in peace with my sugar. Um, but it was like a, a, a drug that was released in my brain, really. The moment that I had that chocolate all my cravings came back. And then, of course, I got scared again. And, of course, I went back to what helped me before. So I read that same book for more two times, but nothing happened. So then I started to learn more about binge eating. I was reading a lot about it in articles. I was uh, following accounts of people who passed through similar situation on Instagram um i was literally learning everything that i possibly could um about it um and i learned that this is absolutely common in the fitness industry um in a way i wasn't really surprised because remember in those bodybuilding competitions um i remember in poland i saw so many athletes binging in front of me after the the actual competition that i watched so, but for me, this was something that would happen to those who would go to extremes, right? So, like athletes, not me. I wasn't doing extremes in my head. Um, so yeah, so I took uh, after after a few weeks, I took the decision to hire an intuitive eating coach. Because um, yeah, what I was learning is that basically, when you restrict your diet for so long. You end up losing the mind and body connection and you don't recognize what is actual hunger or simply your body, which is often in survival mode um, with those calorie restrictions, start asking for more energy through calories to stock it up. Um, 
So I started learning all that, and then I, I hired this intuitive coaching. And this coaching was very good, um, but I felt that I needed some something else. I, I felt that I needed more help than that, because I, I simply wanted to be free of food faults again. I wanted to simply have a, the control back uh, about my body and my mind. Um, in that moment, I just said to myself, you know, like, fuck fitness. I just, I just want my life back. And, um, and I hire, and I hired a psychologist. And since then, um, I believe this was like around summer 2018. Since then, I quit dieting and I never diet anymore. Um, and I started to close myself to any diet talks that others would start near me. Um, and then I, I started to unfollow, to mute all social media of those fitness personalities that it would in any way trigger me. And instead, I started to follow accounts that were actually about self-love and body image. And I really started to focus on self-love and body, and body image in that point. Um, and I think that with the with their help and also my own self studies, I was really committed to learn a lot about it, about, about what was going on in my head. Um, so I remember, I think that in within three months or so, I noticed that the cravings, they and the bingings, they started to become less and less often. They were there, but yeah, just less often. But it took me around one year to fully feel my hunger intuition back. And for me, it's like, it's still today, it feels so strange to lose something that it's naturally a given, right? Like your hunger signs, how could you feel connection, um, actually lose connection of it? But yeah, it happens. Um, and it took me like three years at least to not feel afraid of sweets near me. And finally, Earlier this year, almost four years since uh, I seeked help, I feel I felt that uh, I was fully free of any fear around food, any need to go on a diet, and most important, I simply look at myself in the mirror and I really love what I see. And like, I not even think about muscle definition or stretch marks or bikini projects or you know all the, those toxic fitness. Um, talks and comments that we see everywhere, especially around this time of the year when people are planning to eat a lot um, and, and cry later thinking about uh, how much they need to work out. Um, so I think that, uh, well, I know that this is very common. Um, this is the this is the type of experience that it's very lonely because when it's happening you don't want to be judged you feel embarrassed because you feel powerless um, about things that are so natural to you like feeling your intuition for eating um, so it can be a very lonely thing but then gladly I started to get to know more and more people who passed through similar things. Um, and yeah, then it felt easier to deal with it in a way. And uh, the reason that I want to bring it up here in, in this podcast is because I want to make this type of um, of situation, uh, well, 
aware, like that people become aware of this type of thing that can happen to you when you go to extremes. Um, because I think that we focus too much on the um, on the nice side of fitness, which is of course a good thing, but it is it is a risk, right? Everything that goes to extremes goes wrong. So, so yeah, I think that uh, I think that the more you know, uh, the less risks you take. So, for example, in my case. By knowing what bulimia was, I, I really believe that by not going ahead with that fault when I had it really helped me to not uh, start a, a very dark cycle in my life. Um, so, yeah, I think that uh, this is a very good thing to, that you'll be aware of that can happen because then you, if you start seeing signs on yourself that you are changing the way that you behave, the the way that you are eating um, seems so off in comparison to before or to what others are doing as well. So it's just like you can raise the red flags earlier than I did. Um, and don't take me wrong. I mean, uh, I absolutely love fitness. I love how it, it teaches discipline, um, how it teaches daily how much stronger we are than we think. And simply that you can continuously learn new things and do hard stuff. And overall, the, co the community in fitness is very positive, very optimistic, and I love the mindset of hard working that uh, most people have, the get-shit-done <laughs> attitude. Um, yeah, also the after, the after trainings, right? We always are so energetic, proud, up uplifted, uh, in my case, I'm much more calm. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm very proud and I, I'm very happy with that. Um, and yeah, in, although I had some very intense difficulties in this process, as you just learned, um, I eventually found my balance within fitness and I made it a lifestyle that I will be carrying for many, many years to come. Um, and this is what I always preach nowadays like it needs you need to start with uh, a routine that you know that you are going to keep it in the long run otherwise either you are going to quit it or like i did i went to the more extreme i became very obsessed about it and things can go wrong um so this story that i shared now is it's like it's my story, right? Um, it doesn't mean that this is what everyone who seeks a fitness lifestyle go through, um, but it is more common than we think. And I met so many people that went to very similar story or even worse. Um, so I think that it's very important to acknowledge uh, that so we avoid passing through similar situation. And um, yeah, I learned a lot in this process um, and I'd like to leave as well some of these learnings for you uh, if you are intending to made, make your fitness routine um, better or to, to take it to another level next year. So, so yeah, in, as I, I started this conversation, know what you want, visualize your lifestyle in details, like 
What do you want to be doing on a Sunday afternoon? What about your evenings on, on your weekdays? What type of vacation do you want to take? Or do you, do you like to party? Do you want to keep partying, you know? Because I think that this is extremely important. And, um, and for me, it was my, my biggest learning, perhaps. Uh, I think that based on how you visualize your lifestyle is how you choose the type of help that you need. So, for example, in my case, I never thought about going on stage to, co to compete as a bodybuilder athlete when I signed up for that lifestyle. Um, if you want to become a fitness model or professionally compete in the fitness industry, then it completely makes sense to follow this type of coaching. Uh, but now, if you need to improve your eating habits, if you want to learn more how which food impacts your energy uh, and your health, If you want to enjoy food without restriction, but in a moderate manner, then you need to have a qualified nutritionist, not really a bodybuilder coach. And um, yeah, maybe you already eat well, but you just need to know how to train, how to uh, connect your body and mind during your trainings. Um, you need a, a, new, uh, a new routine and you need to get accountability of your progress. Then, of course, then you need a personal trainer to help you. So you need to know exactly what you are looking for in the long run to decide which type of um, help or which type of coaching or which type of specialist you need. Just avoid chasing that dream body that you saw in an edited picture as well or video on social media and um, and make your change to a lifestyle that you feel that it's going to be sustainable for the long run. And I think that this is, we are all tired of uh, hearing, but we, again, we keep uh, focusing on the wrong things, on the pictures that we saw, on, the, on the, that dress that you want to fit in and so on. Another one is that, yeah, it is true that those who don't understand why you are doing what you are doing won't usually support you. And you must be very aware of that. But as well, notice if there isn't a pattern. Like, if too many of your loved ones are mentioning that you are obsessed, or you probably are, and... Uh, And I and I don't and I don't think that being obsessed is something bad at all. Actually, I think it's awesome. It means that you got a purpose, that you are working on something that it's giving you life. But just be careful and start to observe yourself more. Like question if what you are doing is aligned with the future you envisioned for yourself. You know, like if yeah, if it's not, then your obsession might be bringing you too far from your goal. Um, also, I think that uh, fitness is supposed to be fun um, in all the way. So choose a nice gym with cool people. Pick classes that makes you feel energetic and revigorated. Um, eat well through the day. Eat varied veg, veggies, grains, lean protein source. You know all all those things that you that you probably are aware of already. Um, but really, carbs are good for you. And you need it for your existence. So um, stop with that talk. I will, I will stop eating carbs tomorrow. I will do the green, green juice cleans type of thing. This just makes you sound 
quite um, desperate and uh, insecure, really. Um, don't run away from from food just because yeah, from carbs, just because media is brainwashing us and demonizing carbs. Eat the cake. <laughs> um, and do never let fitness and body image define how you feel about yourself and your worth. Uh, I think that fitness make. I think no, it is. It is what it is. Fitness do make us feel focused in our body way too much. So what happens is that uh, whenever you reach a body part goal, let's say you got uh, abs finally, uh, you likely start picking other parts of your body that you never cared much about before. So, for example, stretch marks. So there will always be, be something that you want to improve on um, because this is what fitness or body image obsession can do to you. It will never be enough. Um, and the, the fitness industry and the society is constantly brainwashing on knowing, uh, wanting that or not. Um, so, yeah, so you need to think of, uh, for yourself, to yourself, instead of uh, allowing the opinions of others about what you read somewhere else, um, about the idea that you built, that you built in your head and how you should look like um, determine your the, the way that you live. I think that these are actually my main advices. I could, of course, go into the nutrition <laughs> advice. I could go into performance. I could go into uh, to which type of exercise is best for you type of talk. But I think that this is something that you can get um, easily on Google or any social media. Uh, but it's not. But but the type of conversation that I brought here today, I think that you don't get as often, or at least I wish I had uh, I had it before when I was just starting to to notice that my hunger cues were off. Um, so yes, yeah, so I think I I think that this is a very that these are very valid advice that you do need to be very uh, clear about when you start your fitness journey to avoid going to extremes and uh, yes so what about you uh, have you got any fitness goals for next year let me know write me um, let me know what they are let me know if you have any questions about them I'm always uh, very happy to help to add that extra motivation and yeah, also let me know if there is any specific topic that you want me to cover in the next episode. <laughs>